In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Now forgive me for talking about personal things for just a moment, but it's now been two weeks since um, my eldest son was married in the church, and many, many of you have expressed um, congratulations and good wishes. And we are still in the joy of that experience even two weeks later. Just last night, my wife and I remembered that we hadn't even shown each other the pictures we had snapped on our phones during the wedding reception. And so we had a chance last night to sort of relive that wedding. And I was preparing for this um, homily today. I was reminded of a letter that my mother, after having uh, attended the wedding, and she is not orthodox, she wrote an email to my wife's mother, Sandy's mother, who could not have been there because of some health issues in the distance. So she wasn't there, but she, my mother wrote to her and said that her experience was the most profound experience of love that she had ever experienced. This is her experience from the wedding. And I thought to myself, I was moved, how beautiful of a thing for her to say. And I was so happy and so glad that that was her experience at the wedding. She hasn't been to very many Orthodox services before. But I wished also in that moment that my parents had been able to come to, had been able to, come to the liturgy. Because my, my mother's thought, her sentiment, exactly can be applied to our holy liturgy. It is the most profound experience of love that we will ever experience. I've been thinking a lot about the liturgy, about how all of us have had these great challenges, where for a time we were essentially denied the liturgy. And now, even now, we in a sense are denied the liturgy in the fullness of how we might experience it. Some of us are at home in, a, in as we've all acknowledged, a very difficult and challenging way to experience the liturgy. Some of us from the North Fellowship Hall, which is not quite the same as being here, but it's better. And then for those of us even here, the liturgy is even now in these special times uh, a challenge because we don't have that same sense that the whole church is together. And I wish, I wish that all of us, that is our whole entire parish, were worshiping together right now in one of those places, either at home, or the North, North Fellowship Hall, or even here. But I'm, I'm, I'm sad at the thought that that maybe is not true. And the reason is because this COVID time, this pandemic, has really challenged and changed the routines of our lives surrounding the liturgy. And it has been very easy for us to give a, a lower place to the liturgy, perhaps. Though many of us are, are anticipating and missing the liturgy terribly, it's been very easy for us to maybe change our Sunday morning habits when we're not able to be here because we weren't. Those Sunday morning habits may perhaps began to diminish. And perhaps it is a temptation now even because there have been times when you couldn't. Now you're tempted maybe that there are times when you won't because it's a long drive or it's a hassle or you're tired or, or it's not that important. 
So while I am not going to talk about the Gospel, I will later in the homily try to connect it to the Epistle today. I really would like to share with you some thoughts about the liturgy that I have come across and it spoke to my heart in, in the reading from Archimandra Zacharias. I was blessed a few weeks ago to be able to participate in one of the women's fellowship discussions. And we talked about the liturgy. And we talked about what the liturgy is for us. The liturgy is a challenge. It is the same essentially every week. And for young people, it seems repetitive and boring, and maybe even for us, some of us older young people, it was a great challenge. And yet we know this is, this is vital, this is important, and we are drawn back. And yet even in the midst of it, we go other places. Our minds are all over the place. But what is the liturgy given to us for? In Father Zacharias's, now forgive me, I quote from Father Zacharias, or Commander Zacharias of Essex, um, quite a lot. And the reason is because he certainly has the mind of the church, and he speaks the, the wisdom of the fathers, but he does so in a way that is very accessible, very understandable, at least for, for me. Um, and so I, I, I will quote from him liberally today. Now, when I was given the opportunity to speak to the Women's Fellowship, I came across a passage and he said that the liturgy is essentially for us for two things, for remembrance and for thanksgiving. So if I had to give a title to my homily, that would be it. Liturgy, remembrance, and thanksgiving. And now Barbara won't have to call me and ask me for a title. So I would like to share with you a few thoughts from some of the readings of Father Zacharias. And as I was reading and rereading um, this book, The Enlargement of the Heart, I remembered that he had mentioned and talked about the liturgy in this book. And when we went back, which is called Remember Thy First Love, it's a shameless plug for Father Zacharias' books in the bookstore. But I came across again a full chapter devoted to how we can participate in the liturgy and what the liturgy is and what the liturgy is and can be for us. So allow me to share with you a few of these little gems. The liturgy is divine. And now I'm quoting him. It is from God to us. It is where we encounter God most profoundly. And forgive me if I'm sharing things that are obvious. I always feel like I am sharing things that are obvious. But sometimes it's good to state those things that are obvious so that we can turn them around in our heads. Quoting again, it is through the divine liturgy that God sustains us, especially when it seems God's grace has withdrawn. The divine liturgy is a sublime creation which enables man to abide without despair in spite of his distance from God. Without despair in spite of our distance from God. And that when, whenever we bring the best we can offer God in the liturgy, we receive life. The liturgy 
has been the place Christians have learned to dwell in the presence of God and thereby to receive the life of God. It is in divine worship that man fulfills his true purpose. It is here that God comes to dwell among men and where Christ Himself is present. Every liturgy is an infinite creation and is unique and is performed by Christ Himself. It is an act of revelation surpassing description, embracing the whole creation, heaven and earth, angels and men, the living and the departed. Christ offered Himself once and for all in the eternal power of the Holy Spirit, and His Holy Spirit and His holy sacrifice remains unto eternity to sanctify all who partake of it. For it is sealed in His divine blood, which is shed for the life of the world. The divine liturgy is an eternal expression of Christ's greater love. The liturgy is for the Christian, for us, for all things in the life of the believer. And it is for all things in the life of the church, the place where all life springs forth. It is in this liturgy that life springs forth. Even now, in the liturgy that's being celebrated in Belmont, California, a new priest is being brought to life as a priest, as Father or Deacon Stephen is being elevated to priesthood today in the midst of the liturgy. All things originate for us in what we commemorate in the liturgy. And when I say the liturgy, I'm, I'm talking about Christ's life because it is the liturgy which for us outlines and illuminates and, and makes Christ's life present and real for us. I forgive this one more, well, one more somewhat long quote. I hope you're able to attend. The divine liturgy is an act of service, which is both divine and human. As the commemoration of an event, it is a human act. The event commemorated, however, is divine and eternal. As the cross was the commandment given to the Son for the redemption of the world, so when, I, when God gives us the commandment to do this, and we fulfill it, we are assimilated into the mystery of the cross and the resurrection of the Son. This is what we celebrate today. What command are we doing when we celebrate the liturgy? Christ's very words on the night in which he was betrayed. He said, take, eat, this is my body. Drink, this is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. The liturgy is a commandment from Christ himself. Do this. And from St. Paul who says, and as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We're to do it, or to do it often. Now in that same quote, he goes on. 
Whenever and wherever the liturgy is served, the Lord's commandment is fulfilled in and by the whole church. This actualizes the eternal mystery of the cross and resurrection of the Lord. And the everlasting grace of God is thereby granted to those who partake of Him. In fulfilling His commandment, we are led into His eternal life by the life-giving grace that flows from His cross and resurrection. And in participating in His eternal reality, we also become contemporaries of eternal events. We literally enter into eternity. When we participate in the liturgy, we are entering into eternity. We are leaving time as we know it, and we are entering the eternal now. Where is God? God is present everywhere. He is present in eternity. And where are we? We are here in this time. Surrounded by the cares of our life. And we attempt to step out of that into a place that we can call the eternal now. Because there is only really one place we can encounter God. And that is in this moment. In the now. It is in the now where we encounter Christ. And yet, if we think about where our minds are, most of the time, perhaps, perhaps even in the liturgy, because our minds are not in the moment. They are on the past, thinking of some event that's happened to us, that troubled us, or gave us pleasure, or whatever. Or our minds are in the future. What are we going to do later? What are we having for lunch? When's coffee? For us to enter fully into the liturgy is to enter into eternity now. And as the liturgy punctuates throughout, now and forever, into the endless ages, now and forever are integrated in the Holy Liturgy. Now, I've been trying to convince you in this of how important the liturgy is and why the liturgy is so important in a sort of theological or in sort of a theoretical way. But how do we do this? The liturgy is very challenging for these reasons that I've said before. But as the epistle says, behold, now is the acceptable time. And now is the day How are we then to enter in? How are we able to enter into this remembrance and thanksgiving? Now the Lord gave us this liturgy as a very practical way that we could perform over and over and over again so that we could always remain in the grace of His salvation. This mystery has been handed down to us so that we could enter into that grace and we could stay there and grow into what He made us to be. And what did He make us to be? To growing into a person who is more like so all these things are going on in the liturgy, in front of us, and sort of behind the scenes, so to speak. These are the deeper things, the spiritual things of the liturgy. What is our job in all of this? It is remembrance and thanksgiving. Now how can we take the liturgy and more fully participate in a practical way? Most of you have experienced the liturgy many, many times. 
and you're familiar with the parts. And we can almost zone out because we know what's going to happen. We can miss parts and jump right back in and we know right where we are. But that is the opposite of remembrance. And if we don't remember properly, we can't fully give thanks. So what should we do? Well, I will challenge you with a few things. In the first part of the liturgy, just like when the epistle of Paul would have been read in the liturgy, where he said, now is the day of salvation. There would have been readings. There would have been prayers in the beginning. The beginning with our litanies is called the liturgy of the word. It leads us and warms us up to receive the epistle reading and the gospel reading. Just like has been in the liturgy since the very beginning. And it reminds us of Christ's life. Because Christ's ministry started, we might say, slow. And he preached, and each Sunday he would come into the assembly, and he would pick up the gospel or the, 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 the Bible, and he would do a reading from the prophets. And we can be reminded that when we hear the epistle from our epistle reader, that Christ also read and ministered to us the word. And when we hear the gospel read, and when we hear the homily, we can be reminded that Christ would then expound and teach the meaning behind the scriptures. small entrance comes and the prayers associated with the small entrance remind us that the angels are entering with us. And we can be reminded that in Christ's life when he was tempted in the desert the angels came and ministered to him. At the great entrance we're reminded of the triumphal entry of Christ coming into Jerusalem. And we're also reminded of another more somber entrance where Christ entered into his passion. What leads us in the procession of the great entrance every time is the cross. And we can be reminded that Christ carried his cross up the hill of Bogotá for his passion to be sacrificed voluntarily for us. These are the things that we can be reminded of. When the priest says, let us lift up our hearts, instead of thinking about something else, we can really do that. We can aim with all of ourselves to truly lift up our hearts. When the priest says, thine own of thine own we offer to you, that's really, that's really offer everything we offer. When the deacon says, let us stand aright, let us stand in awe, let us be attentive, that we present the holy gifts in peace. To really be attentive. Let's make sure that we're here so that we can be attentive. Remembering and thanking God. And just before the reenactment of the mystical supper, which happens at the Anaphorah, where we make present Christ's sacrifice on the holy altar, and God comes down and consecrates the gifts to be the very body and blood of Christ. The deacon slides over to the side of the solea here and he wraps his or orarion around himself. 
Have you ever wondered why he does this? This is to remind us of the utter humility of Christ, who just before he offered his mystical supper to his disciples as the pattern for our liturgy. It says he got down from the table, he wrapped a towel around his waist, and he washed his disciples' feet. And he said to his disciples, now I have done this for you, you do this also. So we are reminded throughout the liturgy, symbolically in the words of the prayers, in the words of the petitions, in the very acts that are happening throughout the liturgy, we are reminded of Christ's humble love and his desire for our salvation. Now, if I could begin to close with a couple more short little quotes from Father Zacharias. No matter what stage of the spiritual life you have reached in your earthly life, the liturgy revives us by putting us in contact with the heavenly reality. These are the things that we can remember. The greatness of the divine liturgy is impossible for us to grasp all at once. I could have gone on and on with things that, I, that I've read that I could share with you about what the liturgy is and can be for us. He goes on. But each time we participate in it, we catch a glimpse of the Lord's work. And this never fails to revive our hearts. We can also be reminded that the liturgy is universally important not just to us Orthodox Christians. For as long as the liturgy is celebrated on earth and man continues to exchange his created life for the uncreated life of God, there is hope. The liturgy is an unfathomable gift to humanity. Indeed, whether the world knows it or not, the energy of its prayer, the energy of the prayer of the liturgy upholds the existence of the world. So let us be reminded and let us be thankful of all the liturgy is offering to us. Because the liturgy is offering to us an experience that is nothing less than Christ Himself. And it is here that we most profoundly enter in to His presence. And if the liturgy can uphold the whole world, then certainly the liturgy can hold us up. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, let us not grow weary and neglect this great gift. Though we are now limited in our ability to participate, let us not limit ourselves by our habits or our challenges. It will change us if we cooperate with the liturgy. Christ will change us if we let him and if we ask him. So let us remember and give thanks that we can ask him in the liturgy to be present for us.